Good evening, everyone. This is Caleb Arend with the Walk with God podcast and YouTube channel. Thank you for joining me tonight on this ninth day of May, 2020. It's the day before Mother's Day, so make sure tomorrow when you're listening to this podcast, make sure that you call your mother or text them, email them, mail them a letter or a card. It'd be wonderful if you could send them some flowers and wish them a happy Mother's Day and thank them for everything that they have done for you to bring you to the point where you are in life. Now, tonight, we're going to be reading from from Psalm 106 verses 13 through 31, 1 Samuel chapters 5 through 7, Proverbs chapter 14 verses 32 and 33, and then John chapter 6 verses 1 through 21. Before we get started, let's open with a word of prayer though. Heavenly Father, thank you Lord God for this day. Thank you for mothers. Thank you for how much of a blessing that they are in our lives and how much they do for us. Lord, they show your love, and some of the best examples of your love come from mothers, from those that love unconditionally, that love even when we may be unworthy of that love, that love and want the best for us. Lord, we know that you love us all and that you want the best for us. Lord, I pray for the best for us, that you would work in our hearts and our minds to help us to be in line with your word. Please speak to our hearts, Lord. Open our ears and our minds. Remove any anything that's standing in our way right now from listening and hearing your message from your word. Help us to be convicted. Help us to be uh, have and take that message and to apply it to our lives. Let your holy will be done in our lives, Lord. Help us to grow by the transforming of our minds by your Holy Spirit's power. Lord, I pray for all of our country and all of our world, all of our leaders, our pastors, our uh, missionaries, our evangelists, our uh, political and public leaders, those that are making the decisions for our nations, for our states, for our counties. Lord, please have your way in their lives. Please give them your words to speak and to preach. Please give them wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Help them to make wise and smart decisions. Help them to stand for your truth, to stand for the right of people to stand for your truth, and to stand for freedom of speech and freedom to go back to work and to work for a living, to provide for their families. Lord, help us Please keep us safe. Please protect us. Because all protection, it doesn't come from our government. It comes from you, Lord. Please, Father, please protect us. Shield us from this virus and help us to live a life that is worthy of you and of your calling. Lord, help them all to make the right decisions. Please lead and guide all of our country. Please turn us again to you, Lord, and revive our land. And please heal all those that are fighting this COVID-19 virus or anything else in their lives that is putting their life in danger. Lord, if it's not your will, if it's not imperfectly in line with your will, I pray that you would remove it from their life, that you would help them to know that it was you working in their life and that they would glorify in you for it. We pray for people like Grandpa Delano and Grandpa Naputanoa and for Frida Ortiz, Pastor Lacombe's mother. We pray for Joel McConkie. We pray for uh, uh, Leela, we pray for those that are fighting against cancer. Brother Joe Blevins, we pray for all those that are fighting this virus, fighting cancer, fighting sickness and illness and disease. I pray, Lord, that you would reach down and heal them and that you would help them to speak for your gospel and show your miracles and your answered prayers. Lord, please open our hearts and our minds to receive the wondrous things out of your word today and study well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Okay, Psalm 106. We're going to read from verses 13 through 31 tonight, and it says, They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness, and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. They envied Moses also in the camp, and Aaron the saint of the Lord. The earth opened and swallowed up Dathan, and covered the company of Abiram. And a fire was kindled in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. They made a calf in Horeb, and worshipped the molten image. Thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. They forgat God their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and ter terrible things by the Red Sea. Therefore he said that he would destroy them. Had not Moses his chosen stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them? Yea, they despised the pleasant land. They believed not his word, but murmured in their tents, and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. Therefore he lifted up his hand against them, to overthrow them in the wilderness, to overthrow their seed also among the nations, and to scatter them in the lands. They joined themselves also unto Baal Peor, and ate the sacrifices of the dead. Dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their inventions, and the plague brake in upon them. Then stood up Phinehas, and executed judgment, and so the plague was stayed, and that was counted unto him for righteousness unto all generations forevermore. Here in Psalm 106 today, we're studying how the people, the people of Israel that he, uh, the Lord had brought out of the land of Egypt, had forgotten everything that he had done unto them, and done for them to protect them, and to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians, out of the bondage that they were in, but they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And they tempted him in multiple different ways. Some of those are the ones that we're looking at today. And uh, Dathan and Abiram, they rejected and rebelled against the leadership that God had appointed, who was Moses and Aaron. And a fire was kindled and the earth had swallowed them up. They also, the uh, people of Israel in Horeb and Mount Sinai made a golden calf that they said, this is God, and they forgot God, their Savior, and they worshipped it. But wondrous, the wondrous works that God did in Israel, those were the things that they forgot. But Moses intervened when God decided that he was going to destroy all of them. Moses stood in the breach, stood in the gap between God and the people and prayed and asked for him, the Lord, to turn away his wrath and to be long-suffering and have mercy on the people, and he did. Yea, they despised the land. They rejected the land when God brought them to it, and they said that it's too great for us. The people in the land are too great and too tall and too big, and we cannot overthrow them. We're grasshoppers in their eyes. Therefore, he lifted up his hand against them to overthrow them in the wilderness. He made all of that generation to perish in the wilderness for 40 years. He took them and led them through the wilderness and taught the next generation to trust in him. They also, they joined themselves unto Baal Peor, it says in verse 28. This is when the people of Moab had influenced the people of Israel and drawn them away from worshiping the Lord their God to go and worship Baal of the region and area of Peor. And one of the men of Israel brought a Midianitish woman into the camp with him. And then, 
Phinehas stood up and executed judgment, it says. He took a spear and he drove it through these people that were doing these, this wickedness and that were having this uh, fornication in, in the eyes of all of the camp and in front of God himself. Phinehas rightly and correctly stopped this as it was happening. And so the plague was stayed, it says. And God recognized that Phinehas had faith in him and that he used that faith and that trust in God to execute the correct judgment and righteous judgment against this sin and iniquity that was being done in the very camp of God. Okay, now we're going to read from uh, the book of 1 Samuel chapters 5, 6, and 7, and it says, And the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when they of Ashdod arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. And they took Dagon and set him in his place again. And when they arose early on the morrow morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord, and the head of Dagon, and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stump of Dagon was left to him. Therefore neither the priests of Dagon, nor any that come into Dagon's house, tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod unto this day. But the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them of Ashdod, and he destroyed them, and smote them with emeralds, even Ashdod and the coasts thereof. And when the men of Ashdod saw that it was so, they said, The ark of God of Israel shall not abide with us, for his hand is sore upon us, and upon Dagon our God. They sent therefore and gathered all the lords of the Philistines unto them, and said, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? And they answered, Let the ark of the God of Israel be carried about unto Gath. And they carried the ark of the God of Israel about thither. And it was so that, after they had carried it about, the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction. And he smote the men of the city, both small and great, and they had emrods in their secret parts. Therefore they sent the ark of God to Ekron, and it came to pass, as the ark of God came to Ekron, that the Ekronites cried out, saying, They have brought about the ark of the God of Israel to us, to slay us and our people. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines, and said, Send away the ark of the God of Israel, and let it go again to his own place, that it slay us not and our people. For there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city, and the hand of God was very heavy there. And the men that died not were smitten with the emrods, and the cry of the city went up to heaven. Chapter 6 And the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners, saying, What shall we do to the ark of the Lord? Tell us wherewith we shall send it to his place. And they said, If ye send away the ark of the God of Israel, send it not empty, but in any wise return him a trespass offering. Then ye shall be healed, and it shall be known to you why his hand is not removed from you. Then said they, What shall be the trespass offering which we shall offer to him? They answered, Five golden emrods and five golden mice, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines, for one plague was on you all and on your lords. Wherefore, ye shall make images of your emrods and images of your mice that mar the land, and ye shall give glory unto the God of Israel. Peradventure he will lighten his hand from off you and from off your gods and from off your land. 
Wherefore then do ye harden your hearts, as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts, when he had wrought wonderfully among them? Did not they let their people go, and they departed? Now therefore make a new cart, and take two milch kine, on which there hath come no yoke, and tie the kine to the cart, and bring their calves home from them. And take the ark of the Lord, and lay it upon the cart, and put the jewels of gold, which ye return him for a trespass offering, in a coffer by the side thereof, and send it away, that it may go. And see, if it goeth up by the way of his own coast to Beth Shemesh, then he hath done us this great evil. But if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that smote us, it was a chance that happened to us. And the men did so, and took two milch kine, and tied them to the cart, and shut up their calves at home. And they laid the ark of the Lord upon the cart, and the coffer with the mice of gold, and the images of their emeralds. And the kine took the straight way uh, to the way of Beth Shemesh, and went along the highway, lowing as they went, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. And the lords of the Philistines went after them unto the border of Beth Shemesh. And they of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley, and they lifted up their eyes and saw the ark, and rejoiced to see it. And the cart came into the field of Joshua, a Beth Shemite, and stood there, where there was a great stone, and they claved the wood of the cart, and offered the kine a burnt offering unto the Lord. And the Levites took down the ark of the Lord, and the coffer that was with it, wherein the jewels of gold were, and put them on the great stone. And the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings, and sacrificed sacrifices the same day unto the Lord. And when the five lords of the Philistines had seen it, they returned to Ekron the same day. And these are the golden emeralds which the Philistines returned for a trespass offering unto the Lord, for Ashdod, one, for Gaza, one, for Ascalon, one, for Gath, one, for Ekron, one. And the golden mice, according to the number of all the cities of the Philistines belonging to the five lords, both of fenced cities and of country villages, even unto the great stone of Abel, whereon they set down the ark of the Lord, which stone remaineth unto this day, in the field of Joshua the Bethshemite. And he smote the men of Beth Shemesh, because they had looked into the ark of the Lord, even he smote of the people fifty thousand and threescore and ten men, and the people lamented, because the Lord had smitten many of the people with a great slaughter. And the men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord God, and to whom shall he go up from us? And they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kirjath Jarim, saying, The Philistines have brought again the ark of the Lord. Come ye down, and fetch it up to you. Chapter 7. And the men of Kirjath-Jarim came, and fetched up the ark of the Lord, and brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill, and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass, while the ark abode in Kirjath-Jarim, that the time was long, for it was twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth, and serve the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpeh, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together to Mizpeh, and drew water, and poured it out before the Lord, and fasted on that day, and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpeh. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together to Mizpeh, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel, and 
When the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a sucking lamb, and offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines, and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpeh, and pursued the Philistines, and smote them, until they came under Beth Car. Then Samuel took a stone, and set it between Mizpeh and Shen, and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they came no more into the coast of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. And the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel, from Ekron even unto Gath. And the coasts thereof did Israel deliver out of the hands of the Philistines, and there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. And Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life, and he went from year to year in circuit to Bethel and Gilgal and Mizpeh, and judged Israel in all those places. And his return was to Ramah, for there was his house, and there he judged Israel, and there he built an altar unto the Lord. So in chapter 5 of the book of 1 Samuel, we see that the Philistines had taken the ark of God after they had defeated Israel in battle, but when they placed it in the temple of their false idol Dagon. The Lord smote and struck down Dagon. And so they woke up and they go into this temple and they see the Ark of God and they see their false idol fallen face down on the ground before the Ark of God. What an amazing sight that is. And then the next day they, they set him up and then uh, they go and when they're coming in for the next morning, he's fallen down again. But this time his head and his hands are cut off. And so then they send away the ark and they send it to a couple of different cities. Every time they send it away to a different city in the Philistines, more and more destruction comes. They're smote with emeralds, which are like painful growths and tumors that are very sensitive and very sensitive to pain and for, to agitation. And he says, it says later they, he smote them in their secret parts with this. So in places that you would really not want to be that uncomfortable. He also smote them with mice and with those mice, we can assume that he smote them with diseases that were carried by those rice, mice and rodents and rats and things. And so every time it came to a new city, they uh, suffered deaths of their people and very painful blisters and sores. Then uh, in chapter 6, we see that as they realized that when they had thought that they could bring in this new God and that he would serve them and that he would enable them to win even more victories and be more productive in their fields, and they realized that this is a God that is so powerful that they cannot control him, that they see that he loathes being placed and compared to a false idol and just a piece and chunk of wood or stone or clay that's been set beside his ark. Then they call all their superstitious men, they're all of their diviners, all of their people and their priests to deliver instruction unto them about what they should do. So they tell the lords of the Philistines to give the God of Israel a trespass offering and to send it back to Israel. And so they 
do this. They make these golden emeralds and these golden mice and they put them in a coffer and deliver that and put it on a cart and they put the Ark of God on a cart and they tie two milking cows that have calves at home uh, and tie them to the cart. And so normally these cows, they would go back to where their calves are because they need to feed them and they need to take care of them. It's a natural instinct. But instead, they see the lords of the Philistines see that these two milking cows are traveling directly towards Israel, directly towards Beth Shemesh. And the Beth Shemites, they see that the Ark of God has returned and they rejoice and they celebrate. But they also, they look into the Ark of God. And because of that, it says that over 50,000 of them were smitten. In chapter 7, the priests and the Levites of God are brought up to Beth Shemesh, and they take the Ark of God back to Kirjath Jearim, and there it remained for 20 years. And then Samuel tells all the people and convinces them of their sin and shows them their sin, and they turn away from Baal, they turn away from Ashtoreth, they turn away from their false idols, and they turn back to the Lord. Samuel sacrifices unto the Lord and prays unto the Lord, and as they're gathered all the people of Israel to Mizpeh, the Philistines see that they're gathering for war and so they gather all of their armies Samuel prays unto the Lord the Lord answers him and as he's offering a sacrifice unto the Lord then the Philistines begin charging towards the people of Israel but the Lord thunders out of heaven and he drives the Philistines away from the people of Israel Israel sees this, that they're fleeing from the Israelites, and they're fleeing from the Lord, and that the Lord is on their side, and they chase all the Philistines away, and they take back the cities of Ekron, even unto Gath, it says. Then we also see that Samuel, he continues to travel through Israel, preaching and teaching and judging for the Israelites. And from year to year on a circuit, from Bethel to Gilgal to Mizpeh, and back to Ramah to his house. All right, now turn with me, please, to the book of Proverbs, chapter 14. We're going to read verses 32 and 33. And it says, The wicked is driven away in his wickedness, but the righteous hath hope in his death. Wisdom resteth in the heart of him that hath understanding, but that which is in the midst of fools is made known. The wicked is driven away in his wickedness. So wicked people, when they do wickedly, when they do evil, when they do that which is against the Lord's word and against his will, they will be driven away. When they do things that are evil in the culture, evil according to the government, evil according to breaking laws and hurting people, murdering and killing and things like that, they will be driven away. But the righteous have hope. The righteous have hope even in their own death, but the righteous have hope also in the death of the wicked. When the wicked are driven away, when they die, the righteous have a greater hope for law-abiding citizens to be able to flourish in that environment. Then we see in verse 33 that um, the man that has understanding, the man that understands other people, and especially that understands God and his word, he, that wisdom rests in his heart because he understands the Lord, because he understands what the Lord has said and about how that applies to every person's life and how they can give direction to people's lives based on on those principles. But that which is in the midst of fools, 
that which people see which is foolishness that which fools especially see which is foolishness they they don't just keep that themselves they publish that abroad the foolishness of other people it's not kept secret or silent it's uh, made mock of and scorn of and spread around to other people through gossip as well we should not be like that let's not be a gossip but let's keep things that are supposed to be secure and secret let's keep them secret because it's a shame for us to spread gossip around and now we're going to turn to the book of john chapter 6 we're going to read the first 21 verses of this chapter after these things jesus went over the sea of galilee which is the sea of tiberias and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased and Jesus went into a mountain, and there sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here, which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them together, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him to, by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And when even was now come, his disciples went down unto the sea, and entered into a ship, and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship. And they were afraid, but he saith unto them, It is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. Here in John chapter 6, in this first half of the chapter, we see that there are some amazing things that the Lord does in here. There are some amazing provisions that he makes for his believers and for those that follow after him and then there is an amazing decision that he makes that really reveals the focus of his ministry so after these things after all that we had talked about in verse 5 they go through Galilee they go through the Sea of Galilee and there's a great multitude that's following Jesus and Jesus looks at his disciples and he asks them how are these people going to eat how are they're going to get food. And Philip answers him and says along the lines of, even if we have two-thirds of a year's worth of salary, we could not feed all of them, not even just a little bit that would make them be worthy of a snack. And Andrew says, well, there's a little boy here. He, he's got a little bit of food. He's got some, some barley loaves and some a couple of small fishes. So Jesus takes those and he orders his disciples to 
to have them all sit down row by row. And he blesses the food and distributes to the disciples. The disciples take it, they distribute it, and everybody's eating. Everybody's full. They take up the remaining and fill 12 baskets full of loaves of bread and fish. And this is an, a great illustration of how the Lord Jesus Christ provides through his ministry. The disciples, like local pastors that are dis to distribute the word of God, the bread of life, to all those that are coming to be fed from the Lord. And where do they go to get the bread? They go to the Lord and he blesses it and he gives it, it, gives it and distributes it to his leadership, to his preachers, to his ministers. We also see the faithfulness and the preparation of this little boy that came to hear the Lord and brought his lunch with him so that he did not have to go home to go get food and did not have to leave from the Lord. Then they were also those that came despite not having any food. They came hungry. They came ready to receive from the Lord. But they also, they had a little bit of the wrong focus. They wanted to make Jesus king as Messiah, as Christ, to defeat the Romans. But that was not his focus. So Jesus chooses to leave and to go away from them. He dismisses all the people, goes into a mountain, has prayer time and time alone with God to recenter and refocus his life to do the will of the Father. And then he's leaving this mountain, going to the sea where his disciples are. His disciples, in the meantime, had gone to the Sea of Tiberias and and were overcome with a storm with these strong winds that were blowing that were tossing the ship with waves and with storms. Jesus, he just walks right on the water and comes up to them. And as they're in the middle of these storms of life, as they're looking and keeping their eyes focused on the storm, then they see him and they don't immediately recognize him. They're afraid and he just speaks a simple word. It is I, be not afraid. How many times have you and I been like that? We've been just tossed again and again by something else that comes in our life. This world and this life just seems to toss us sometimes. It throws curveballs at us that we don't feel like you might be able to fully handle and not just definitely not by ourselves we can't handle it and so whether it's work whether it's health care issues whether it's a death in the family children that are being just rebellious and obstinate or maybe it's uh, trouble that we're having with our spouse sometimes so just, uh, sometimes it's a combination of all the different things that could be happening seem to all be going wrong all at the same time but how many times has the Lord entered into that problem, into that experience, and he's calmed the storms? Especially when we look and we remember to look for him. When we see him, whether he is the one searching for us or we're the one that, out of desperation, is going and clinging to him and to his feet. But many times he's the one who is searching for us first. And we finally, as we look towards him, we finally see that he is there, and we go, and we call unto him, we accept him, we receive him immediately into our lives, and that we trust in him, we pray and ask for his provision to deliver us from the storms that are going on, and he calms the storms and brings us to the destination that he already had us to go through. Sometimes he allows us to go through those storms because he wants it to work in us a glorious thing so that we can be better 
servants, to serve and to love him, and to know that he is God, and that he is glorified in all things when we choose to be holy unto him like he is holy, and to glorify him in all that he has provided for us in all of his deliverance. Thank you, friends, for studying this word of God with me today. I truly hope it has been a blessing for you. I would love to hear from you if you have any praises, any prayer requests, any problems that need to be prayed for. And if you like the podcast, I'd absolutely love if you would uh, rate or review anywhere you're listening from. And those prayer requests, you can send those to wwgcaleb at gmail.com. That's wwgcaleb at gmail.com. I'll be sure to look for those and to pray with you for them. Thanks once again for listening. God bless you. And we'll see you tomorrow for the next Walk With God podcast.